Welcome, my real wellness friend. So glad that you are here today. I don't know if you can hear all the thunder going on outside. It is booming pretty loud. And if the electricity goes out, I'm just going to keep on recording. I've never recorded a podcast in the dark before, so that could be a, a brand new experience for me. Today, we're starting a new series on intuitive eating. Back in episode 29 and 30, I introduced you to this concept. And over the next four to five episodes, I'm going to dive super deep, give you lots of tools, lots of questions to think about, stories from my own life and from clients that you, you and obviously names will be changed. You don't know who I'll be talking about, but this will help you in seeing yourself in these stories so that you can eat healthy, and break up with diets once and for all. You want to transform your life, to take care of your body, to strengthen your mind, and you want to do it in a way that fits your real lifestyle. Real wellness is for you. I'm Sherry Traxler, a transformation mentor, national speaker, and author, and I'm here to help you unlock your capacity to be, do, and have all you want. Join me every week for the proven principles and the strategies that actually work in your real life. It is so exciting that you are here investing in yourself today. Pat yourself on the back. This is where you belong. Welcome to Real Wellness. When I was in college, I had this thing about donuts. At least I thought I did. I remember many times going into the break room at work, and I worked at a fitness center, and strangely enough, in this fitness center, in the break room, we would always have donuts. And I remember one time going in there and eating, we'll just, we'll just say I ate several donuts. I came out of there, and there were a whole lot less donuts in the box than there were when I went in. And... I kept thinking during that time, what is wrong with me? In fact, whenever I look back through my journals that I kept during college, I saw all these notes I made to myself about, you know, how horrible I am, that I have no self-control, what's wrong with me, that I can't go into a break room and, and not have all these donuts and all that. I did not realize at the time, but I realized it as an adult reading my journal many years later and being free from the dieting, I ran cross country in college. And the times that this would happen, I would be eating 1,200 calories, 1,300 calories, whatever during the day, you know, being quote unquote really good on my diet. And then we would run two a day runs. So morning and night we would run. And then I would go into the break room the next morning after all this running and not eating enough. Of course, I was going to overeat in donuts because my body was craving the sugar and the fat in them. And just as a little teaser for next week, when we were talking about what you want, fi figuring out what it is you really want, I thought I really wanted the donuts. And I'm going to tell you an experiment that I did as an adult that showed me that that's not really the case. So why is intuitive eating as a whole, so important. What is it and why is it important? Intuitive eating is, it's its a natural eating. It's what you did as a kid. It's what you did as a child, that you listened to your body, you trusted your body, you ate when you were hungry, you ate what it was you really wanted, whether that was spaghetti or, veg or vegetables or whatever, and then you stopped when you were no longer hungry. There weren't these external rules around it. And why is it so important to get back into intuitive eating because dieting 
decreases your trust with yourself. Research is very clear that it lowers self-esteem regardless of weight. It lowers your confidence regardless of weight. The simple act of dieting itself, and there's so many research studies I can go into this with you. And if that's something, if you if you like the research stuff, reach out to me and I will send that to you and have conversation with you about that. And I am getting ready to lead a seven-day challenge. So follow me on all the social media accounts to see when that happens, because I want you to not only hear this stuff in the podcast, but I want to give you opportunity to experience it during a seven-day challenge. Today, we're talking about the H in my intuitive eating model that I teach. Hunger is what the H stands for. So real quick recap on episode 29 and 30, where I introduced this to you, HWSS, H is hunger. W is what do you really want? The first S is slow and savor. And the second S is stopping when you're satisfied, stopping when you're no longer hungry. The hunger scale that you use for intuitive eating, the way that I teach it, is a scale of one to 10. Five is neutral. Five is there's no sensation. If you stump your big toe, you are suddenly aware of your big toe. But before that, you weren't aware of it. A one is you are absolutely off the rails beyond famished, and a 10 is you're off the rails beyond stuffed, you're sick. All through the middle of that is where these nuances happen, and you can go back to episode 29 and 30 and get the details of it. But the gist today without the numbers is listening to your body for when you're truly hungry, physically hungry, is key for so many reasons. When you eat food when you're not physically hungry, what happens to that food? You can guess that. It ends up getting stored as excess weight. If you wait until you are famished, which we all have done, you are then going to overeat. You've experienced that where you've waited too long to eat and you've gone from a pleasant hunger, which is a three on the scale, by the way. You've gone from this pleasant hunger where food tastes amazing to you are ravenous Whenever you start eating, you're going to overeat. Also, it's important with this H is that you are not making yourself go hungry. I remember when I was in college, I was working out at this gym, not the gym where I worked, but a different one. And I started getting interested in bodybuilding because I've always loved strength training. And I was talking to a trainer who works in that area. And I was like, okay, you know, let's talk through this. And they wanted me to get back on 1,200 calories a day. And I was like, well, yeah, I've been there, done that, but I know that I'm hungry all the time. And the trainer looks at me and goes, you're hungry on 1,200 calories a day? That, that should be enough. Why, why can't you survive on that? That's, that should be plenty. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm hungry all the time if I do that. And then what happens if you're hungry all the time? You end up binging. There are uh, several ways that people are doing this now. And you've probably heard this phrase, intermittent fasting. Well, I'm not going to speak against intermittent fasting. I'm just going to tell you what several of my clients' experiences have been with it. One client in particular, she started trying it and she said, you know, for the first few days it was fine. And then I started getting this, oh, I don't want to feel like that all morning long. So she started eating massive dinners so that she would still be full during the morning. Well, either way, she's then 
getting more calories in and ended up gaining weight because of it. I'm like, I told you. I was on a podcast recently, Data for All, where one of the podcast hosts, he was talking about he does intermittent fasting, but in his mind he does. But what actually happens is at about 10 o'clock at night, because he's had dinner maybe at five, at 10 o'clock at night, he's still working and he is getting really hungry. So he goes ahead and eats something. So it still ends up being about a 12-hour window, which that's normal. That's not quote unquote intermittent fasting that people are trying to do where they're making themselves go hungry. It's like, you know, 11, 12 hours is normal for through the night, not eating. Another client who she came to me already doing intermittent fasting and she was like, I don't know what my problem is. Once I start eating, I can't stop. Well, she only eats from about noon until five in the afternoons when you've got to get all your calories in for the day, you're going to cram a lot of food in during that five hours. You can't really trick your body. Now, what's funny is the opposite of this was, and you've probably remember the days pre all the fat of intermittent fasting, when everybody was like, you've got to eat breakfast and you've got to eat a big breakfast because you've got to jumpstart your metabolism and get out of starvation mode. Well, I had a client that she felt bad for not being a breakfast eater. She was an intermittent faster naturally, and she felt bad for it because the fat at that time was make sure that you have a big breakfast. So, you know, my advice to her was, like everything, listen to your body. If your body is physically hungry, you need food. If your body is not physically hungry, you do not need food. So how can you tell if you are physically hungry? One of the things I remember talking with the client on this where I told her, for me, my test is... If I was doing something that just totally absorbs my mind and I'm really, really enjoying it and I don't want to stop. And she said, oh, so like when I'm at the mall shopping, like, yeah, perfect. So if you really enjoy shopping and you're at the mall and you're thinking, I'm a little bit hungry. Do I want to stop and go to the food court or do I want to keep shopping? If you're like, no, if I was if I was at the mall right now, I would still keep shopping, then you're not truly physically hungry yet. The other reasons that listening to hunger is so important is actually deeper stuff. And that is what it trains your brain around. When you make yourself go hungry or when you eat when you're not physically hungry, you are training your brain there's not enough. A client of mine who his brain was trained that food was not always there because he things that went on in his childhood, food was not always there. So for him, man, waiting until a three to eat, waiting until pleasant hunger to eat was a challenge, but it retrained his mind that there's abundance. And so he no longer thinks about food all the time. When you are eating when you're not physically hungry or you're making yourself go hungry, you are saying that you cannot trust your body and you can't trust yourself to take care of your needs. When you're eating when you're not hungry, you're saying, I'm not strong enough to handle challenges. I'm not strong enough to handle uncomfortable emotions. So if, you know, if you're eating because I'm bored or I'm stressed or whatever, not because you're physically hungry, that's what you're training your brain. The flip of that is when you're eating, when you are pleasantly hungry, you're not forcing it either way. You're training yourself for abundance. You're training yourself that I am strong. I can handle difficult emotions. I can tolerate difficult situations. So I've got some questions for you and I've got an exercise. 
these questions, I want you to take some time to think about. I want you to journal. Even this week, take one of these questions and track your thoughts on it all week long. You will be amazed at the insights that you get as things open up in your brain of ahas that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was why I did this. And you'll get some breakthroughs. I I have gotten breakthroughs with these questions. My clients get breakthroughs with them. So please, if this is an area that you're saying, I want free, I want to break free from diets, I want to listen to my body and eat healthy, this will help you. Okay, so question number one, what has your experience with hunger taught you? Are you anxious when you're hungry? Are there fears that come up about only eating when you're pleasantly hungry? Because of my past dieting, I would get mildly anxious when I started getting hungry. But I also found that if I had food ready, then that calms me down and I can wait until I'm at a three. I can wait until I'm pleasantly hungry. I don't have to eat it. I just need to know it's there and ready. Otherwise, my mind's distracted and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get too hungry and I'm going to get weak and trembly. So question number two, growing up, did your family have enough food? Or growing up, did your family diet like my family dieted? Number three, what are the messages? Oh, this one is so pervasive. What are the messages you see now on social media or in the movies about restriction being good? Whether it's counting this or counting that, or look how disciplined this person is because they, you know, followed the strict thing or whatever. So what messages are you seeing You know, what are the messages you're allowing in your mind around dieting and that keeps that perpetuating? Question number four, when you want to eat, not at a three, not at pleasant hunger, what else is going on? Begin to notice that this week. For me, I always noticed I slipped into diet fear. You know, maybe the day before I had been thinking about dieting and or I had been thinking about, you know, measuring my food or whatever then that would trigger me wanting to eat when not at a three. Another time that's triggered for me that I want to eat when I'm not pleasantly hungry and I see what else is going on is I'm just tired. I'm tired mentally and emotionally and physically. And there's this time pressure thing all at the same time. That's that's a trigger for me. I really have to be careful of. Number five, what else meets that need? So if I'm tired mentally, emotionally, physically, what else meets that need? And question number six, is your eating the only legitimate break that you give yourself so that when you're not hungry, you're eating so that you get to take a break? That I see a lot and I have done it myself. So just be aware, track that this week, pick one of these questions and track yourself through it this week. Here's the exercise I want you to do to show you what it is about dieting and what it is about going hungry that makes you think about food abnormally and have an abnormal abnormal relationship with food. So I want you to think about right now, how often have you thought about oxygen today? How often, unless you were doing a breathing meditation, how often did you think about your breathing? No, it just, you just, you just breathed. You just got in the oxygen as you needed it. Blow out your breath, and after you have blown all the air out that you can, hold your breath. Notice that you may be able to think about something else, you know, the color of the sky or whatever, for a few seconds. But at about 15 to 30 seconds, no other thoughts other than, 
I want to breathe. I want oxygen. No other thoughts are in your mind except for I've got to get air. Compare that to if multiple times during the day you're making yourself go hungry. Of course, you're going to be thinking about food all the time and thinking that something is maybe wrong with you because of that. So summing up this week, think through one of these questions. Keep one of these questions top of mind for you. Think about the hunger that you're feeling. And during the week, are you letting yourself get too hungry? Are you eating when you're not hungry? No judgment. Right now, we're just becoming aware of what's going on, and that's going to help you make shifts later. Also, watch out for my seven-day challenge around intuitive eating on the social media stuff. Make sure that you're following me, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the places, and Facebook, I say all the places. Those are really the main three where I hang out. And that way we can get you going on your intuitive eating. Talk with you next week as we talk about what you really want. Thank you for joining me and investing in yourself today. Who else do you know who needs to hear this? Share this episode with a friend. And until next time, find your path to real wellness and fulfill your potential.